This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome in to this week's edition of UAP Weekly. I am Stephen Diener back with you here on UAP, and I'm very much looking forward to updating you on some things that are going on as we speak, which is what it's all about here on UAP Weekly is keeping you up to date on all the latest things happening in the world of UAPs, the crazy world of UAPs, UFOs, aliens, everything that's happening in this wild, wild world that uh, we're going through right now. And honestly, these are things that we're going to talk about here today. And you know I don't like to use a lot of exaggeration and hyperbole. I try to give it to you, you know, straight on what's going on, whether it's a crazy story that we're talking about on UAP or something that's happening here on UAP Weekly. But this stuff that we're talking about here today really could change the game when it comes to um, the public knowledge, or I guess maybe a better word is the public awareness of UAPs and their presence here on Earth. What happened here within the past few days could change the way People kind of look at this stuff, maybe more, even more mainstream than it's already been getting. Speaking of which, I wanted to mention this real quick. This isn't um, really something I'm diving into on the show here today because uh, Jeremy Corbell, who if you know, look, if you listen to the show and you listen to me, then you most likely know who Jeremy Corbell is. I personally don't know him. I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. Seems like a good enough guy, but he has very well known UAP podcast as well. Well, mine is UAP podcast, but he had talks about UAPs, UFOs, aliens, everything. And he actually came out with a video last night where they dropped this um this this sighting video from 29 Palms uh area in California and they have a um marine base there and everything. They saw a triangle UFO back in 2021, and I guess he's been working on this for a couple of years, so credit to him, but this video has kind of been going everywhere over the past uh, day or so. I'm not trying to sit here and promote somebody else's show, but I did want to mention that I am aware of this video, this triangle UFO. They did a couple of interviews with the Marines who witnessed it. They call it a math, uh, mass UFO sighting um, because of they say about 50 or more people actually saw this Giant triangle, UFO, UAP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It's pretty wild. It's pretty interesting. I'll try to retweet some of it later. And credit again to Jeremy Corbell for getting that story, for getting that exclusive uh, video and talking to a couple of the witnesses, the Marines there, who say they saw this thing flying over the 29 Palms base there in California. So I just wanted to mention it for the fact that I know it's happening it's kind of blowing up in UAP circles right now. This sighting that it really is uh, quite astonishing, actually. It's, I mean, to have a mass sighting of a triangle UFO, of course, the first thing that pops into your mind are the Phoenix Lights back in you know mid late '90s. I think it was '97, and this is uh, it's a pretty good one. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this as time goes on. Now, getting back into today, the original subject that I have, no factoid. 
uh, to get to here on UAP Weekly. That's something that's reserved for just the original UAP, which, by the way, in case you're wondering, episode 69 will be coming out at the end of this week. So if you're listening to this now on the first day that uh, I released it here on Tuesday, May 23rd, by the end of this week, uh, it will be out. As we cover some strange stories, just to let you know what's, what's coming up on there, uh, really strange stories and encounters that I've been meaning to get to forever coming out of Australia. So I'm really excited to finally dig into that and give you that episode at the end of the week. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you look forward to it as well. Um, I also want to say real quick, thank you for the way that you responded to the first episode of UAP Weekly. As you know, uh, if, if you're a listener, this is c- something completely new that I decided to branch off the original UAP and c- try to build on what we're building here together with this podcast and come out with UAP Weekly. It's something I'm sure you hear me talk about last time. Uh, just to reiterate that, you know, it's an idea that's been in my head for about a, six months to a year and I've been trying to figure out how and when to kind of put this out. And I felt like now is the right time. Some some good structure I came up with, I think, to be able to uh, do this on a consistent basis for you with UAP Weekly. And I was nervous. I didn't know how you were going to respond. Maybe you thought, well, it's going to be too much. I don't want to hear any more. But you did. Um, and it was phenomenal, your response. And I really thank you for that. Broke records with the downloads and everything. I think what also helped was I spoke to Nick Pope on that first episode. Of course, the world-renowned UFO expert and investigator, you know, from Ancient Aliens and so many other documentaries that he's been a part of. He's also an author, for, of course, former head of the British Ministry of Defense. So it was really great to be able to uh, start off with a bang on episode one of UAP Weekly to speak with Nick Pope and have that 15, 20 minutes with him. He was great, by the way. If you didn't get to hear that episode, of course, you can... Go back and listen to that um, and, and hear that first one there. So I'll continue to do, to do my best to bring you the latest news and interviews, um, including actually some exciting plans that I'm really looking forward to telling you about at the end of the show here today, because I don't want to delay any more getting into the subject here today. But I do have some things that uh, kind of really just developed within the past day or so that kind of blowing my mind how much further and further I'm able to go here with this show and so I'll get into that later um but it's 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 exciting and it really could be something that uh becomes big so I'll let you know what that is at the end of the show but thank you again for for taking all this in I'm glad you're enjoying it first though let's get into uh the subject here today which is what you need to know and it has to do with actually an interview that took place just last week with Dr. Gary Nolan. So if you're not familiar with Dr. Nolan and his work, just for reference, he's a world-renowned uh, immunologist, a Nobel Prize nominee. He's also a top scientist at Stanford. So yeah, he's very smart and he knows what he's talking about. He has a lot of connections and he makes some pretty huge claims for a man in his position, I mean, he's got a lot to lose, and he's talked about that before. You know, he said before, Gary, why you say all this stuff? You know, you're going to ruin your career, and he hasn't happened yet. And quite frankly, he just doesn't care because he says that he is in contact with government whistleblowers who have testified to Congress. So there's a difference here. You can have whistleblowers, right? But when you're in contact with government whistleblowers, like Dr. Gary Nolan says he is, who have testified to Congress about their efforts with reverse engineering alien spacecraft. That's the claim he made just this past week, that he is talking to those whistleblowers, that he knows 
the type of things that they testified to Congress. So we're going to get into all that today. It's really fascinating, not only because of what he had to say, but because of where he said it. So Dr. Nolan is obviously not new to the game, if you're uh, you know, familiar with his work. He's been investigating UAPs for a while, and he's spoken publicly on many occasions about what he says is happening behind the scenes. Now, in this instance, he spoke at the SALT conference, and I'm going to explain to you what that is. Uh, it was in New York City last week, and he made some of these claims that really kind of set social media circles on fire. Um and you really have to understand the reason why his claims made so many waves over the past week. It's because the SALT conference, S-A-L-T, you know, how it would normally be spelled, the SALT conference is, is not your normal uh, alien convention. Okay, This isn't alien con or anything like that where it would be a type of a welcoming audience for something that Dr. Gary Nolan has to say. But this is a, a conference where you're going to come across a lot of skeptics because it's not made for that. This is the mission statement according to the website for the SALT conference, okay? This is what it says it's all about on the website. It was founded in 2009 by Skybridge. Uh, it's a global alternative investment firm. SALT brings together the world's foremost investors and allocators for three days of high-level collaboration and networking. SALT hosts major events in New York, Singapore, and Abu Dhabi. Skybridge Capital is a global investment firm that's based in New York City. So that's on that's on their website. Skybridge also produces the uh, Skybridge Alternatives Conference, SALT, and it's uh, kind of like what they call a capital introduction convention. So let's just go over the, a, a Skybridge Alternative Conference. So I think what you're getting there is the S from Skybridge and then ALT from the Alternatives and there's your salt. It's kind of a weird way they put that all together, but that's what it means. So I just want to catch you up to date. If you're saying, what the heck is the salt conference? That's where it comes from. Skybridge Alternatives Conference. Um, so as you can hear, when you hear a description like Capital Introduction Convention, it's not your normal, you know, let's talk about aliens crowd. Okay. Their international events and technology solutions connect leading asset managers and allocators for networking, capital introduction, and thought leadership. So that's all on their website. I just want to point that out and kind of paint the picture of the crowd that Dr. Gary Nolan was speaking to and why these claims made the splash that they did. Their previous speakers, just to give you a little more reference, they, they've had former presidents, tech innovators, military leaders, generals, things like that. So you can understand why someone like Dr. Nolan who's really fearless and unapologetic in his approach, and you, I mean, you have to appreciate him for that, why his claims would cause waves throughout the conference rooms there. So let's go ahead and take a listen now uh, to some of the things that he had to say, and we're going to break these down as we go through some of these, these uh, statements, these comments. This first one here is a little wordy, um, but I think this statement is in an important place to start because it really sets the table as to how this interview went. Here's... Dr. Nolan. If you had to assign a probability to that statement that you believe extraterrestrial intelligence has visited, visited this planet, what probability would you assign? A hundred percent. And that's not just my opinion. I mean, look, um, the National Defense Appropriation Act passed last year, signed by, by Biden in uh, December. 30 pages of that is the establishment of an unidentified aerial phenomenon office 
the establishment of looking into the harm that's happened to any of a number of the individuals, going back to 1945 and looking at the disinformation and misinformation that has been uh, basically articulated over the decades. Twelve U.S. senators have signed on to a document that basically says we want the information, the establishment of an office, Arrow, in the Department of Defense, the creation of a whistleblowers program specifically that allows people from, the, from within, who I'm gonna say this, who've been working on the reverse engineering programs, reverse engineering of objects, so that they can come in and break their oaths, but specifically just to talk to Congress and give that information in classified settings. And that the most recent one that happened was just last weekend, and it created quite a hornet's nest in Washington. Okay, so a lot to touch on there. Let me kind of go down the list. And you can see why, again, I was saying this isn't the normal crowd that Dr. Nolan would be speaking to. So for him to say all those things, everyone's like, whoa, what is going on? And I should have also mentioned he had somebody interviewing him. That was the first voice that you heard was the interviewer. Um, let's start there. He mentioned a lot of things, you know, the 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 act that uh, kind of, Got the ball rolling with the whistleblower program, Arrow, everything like that. We talked about Arrow uh, last week, and or I should say on the last episode of, of UAP when it came to Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick and the last hearing that he had with the uh, Senate committee there on, on intelligence. But he also said a couple of things here that I really want to touch on. You had senators who are signing these documents, right? who are looking for disclosure, who are wanting to talk to these whistleblowers. So when he says something like 100% yes, that there is an alien presence here on Earth, what he's referring to is why he's able to be so confident in that statement is his opinion is why would all these senators and the president be signing off on all these things if there wasn't anything to investigate, which I think is a fair point to make. Something that I think was really important too in this new act that's been signed is that you're going back to 1945. You're going back to, you know, pre-Roswell in that instance, where that's why this is so important now with all these new investigations that are taking place, because you might actually, I don't know, but you might get disclosure one day about some of these things that have been reported since the 40s. I mean, look, even before 1945, we've talked about a lot of different stuff pre-1945, but even during, you talk about 1945, that's the end of World War II, and during World War II, you had all the pilots talking about, you know, what they call Foo Fighters. Those were the UFOs that they were seeing in the sky as they were flying their, their fighter planes. So there's a lot to go back and look at, of course, namely with Roswell, in 1947, but to say to now be able to say that they are going back and look at these things up to 1945 is a really big deal. And then the other thing, and maybe the most important, I don't know. I mean, you guess you could pick and choose, but the whistleblower program, and this was something that was really touted, touted when that act was signed back in December by the president. When you can now say that there is whistleblower protection. That is the enormity of that cannot be overstated because what's happened since then, and this is what Dr. Nolan is referring to, is you have not, you know, retired astronauts that I talked about on one of the previous episodes of UAP, I think just on episode 67. These aren't retired astronauts. These are 
and, and not to take anything away from that, because of course those those claims were eye-opening to say the least. But what Dr. Nolan is talking about are, are current active scientists who are working on reverse engineering programs of downed alien spacecraft. And they are the ones coming out protected under the Whistleblower Protection Act to be able to come out and break their silence, break their confidentiality agreements for the specific reason of talking to Congress to help along in these investigations. Now, how much are we going to find out from those discussions remains to be seen. But the fact that those discussions are happening is a game changer in itself. So to be fair, I also want to uh, explore what Dr. Nolan called the, the hornet's nest he was referring to there. Because I can't say for sure that this exact occurrence here that he's referring to that I'm going to go over now. Um, but this was something that happened back in late April. So I, I can assume this is what he's referring to. But there's a renowned lawyer named Daniel Sheehan. And he's represented uh, these government whistleblowers who, according to the reports, testified about their knowledge of the reverse engineering programs that they've worked on, like we were just saying. This testimony is, of course, sealed and marked as classified, but according to Dr. Nolan and Mr. Sheehan, they did indeed testify about what they called Roswell-style crash retrievals and the alien technology that they worked on for the U.S. government. I want to let that sit there for a second. These scientists are saying, or at least according to Dr. Nolan and uh, uh, Daniel Sheehan, their, their representative, that they are testifying their clients, or I should say Dr. She- or Daniel Sheehan's clients, are testifying to Congress about what they call Roswell-style crash retrievals and the alien technology that comes with it. It's incredible. It's an incredible statement that th- that, that Dr. Nolan is making here along with Mr. Sheehan, to say that this is actually being talked about in the open within the U.S. government. It's, it's game-changing. I mean, I said that at the start of the episode, but it, it really is when you hear about this. And I know you didn't hear about this on the nightly news, which is why I wanted to tell you about it here on UAP Weekly, which this is something like this is, is exactly why I wanted to uh, create this spinoff in UAP, because there's stuff that's happening all the time, big stuff like this. And just as a side note, actually, uh, Daniel Sheehan also represents Lou Elizondo, who I think we're all familiar with at this point. But again, I think it's important to paint the picture here. Dr. Nolan was saying these things, what some may even call explosive claims, quite honestly. He's saying them at this convention that's not your typical UFO crowd. In fact, I mean, it's safe to say, I think, that the audience had its fair share of skeptics in it. It's not an alien convention, like I said before, where people are waiting on bated breath to hear what Dr. Nolan has to say. They are listening with a, you know, skeptic's ears, which is why his statements there last week really resonated with people and made so many waves. Here's what else he had to say, because this this was a pretty long interview, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing here today. Um, I, it's, I think I, I grabbed the pieces that you needed to hear about, I, I felt anyway, um, but you could always go on social media. It was about 16 minutes long if you want to hear the whole thing by all means, but I feel like I got a lot of the good stuff to uh, dissect here with you. But here's what else he had to say when he was asked to elaborate on his claims about um, what he says are aliens who are currently visiting 
and what he has to say about their uh, crashed uh, crafts that are being found and being worked on. Now, the first question that people will ask is, well, if they're so frigging advanced, why are they, why are they crashing? Because what's crashing is not actual living things. I mean, if you, I, mean, I use this example a lot. If you wanted to study a tribe of cannibals in the middle of the Amazon, are you gonna go yourself and show up in the middle of the, of the tribe and not hopefully become dinner? So mostly what you're seeing here are either drones or some sort of advanced AI or whatever it is. Now, I gotta tell you, just, just from my personal opinion here, and again, you can make up your own mind when it comes to these things, of course. I always encourage that you know that. Um, I tend to agree with that theory. Now, mine is a theory. Dr. Nolan seems to be in the know with these things. He claims to be in the know um, that he's getting this this information from his own whistleblowers that he's working with or have has worked with in the past. Um, so I tend to agree with the thought process of a lot of these things that we're seeing. Not all, not all, but a lot of the things w- were most likely would be some type of unmanned uh, drone or, you know, AI vehicle, whatever it might be, that they wouldn't act. nobody would actually be flying those things. It would be unmanned. That makes sense to me. And maybe that's why they're crashing. I don't know. Maybe because, you know, the computer failure, who knows, right? But the fact of the matter is, th- these are his claims that these whistleblowers are saying, yeah, we do. We've been working on these alien craft reverse engineering them. I also wanted to highlight what he said here about the technology that is being reported because it actually really hit me personally. What he says here is exactly, I mean, almost to a T, what I've been told by my source. And I know for a fact from the conversations I've had with my source that there has been no connection between my source and Dr. Gary Nolan. They have not spoken. They don't uh, trade notes or anything. Okay, so it really hit me here uh, what Dr. Nolan, what I'm about to play for you, what he says when it comes to the technology, because again, it's what I've been told by someone else who's in the know. So it's, it's really incredible stuff here. So we'll take a listen to this. So we have multiple simultaneous sensor systems that have seen these objects go from 50 feet above the water to up to 14 miles and then back in less than a second. All right, I mean, that's just a truth. The US government has confirmed that these kinds of measurements are done. Now, they're very careful what they say. They say, well, we have no evidence of ET. Well, because, you know, no ET is gonna come walking in here and say, hello, right? But um, if you read between the lines and the flip side of it, it does stuff that we can't do. We know that the Russians and the Chinese are not doing. And so if you can go from zero to 5,000 miles an hour and take a, a right turn and not end up squished like a bug on the windscreen on the other side, if they have windscreens, uh, then uh, what is the physics that accomplishes that? All right. I mean, literally everything <laughs> I talked about in the previous UAP episode on episode 68, talking about the Mosul orb. When I had spoken to my source, and my source is telling me these things, that it's not China, it's not Russia, because they don't have that technology to defy the known laws of physics that we have here on Earth. We would need to figure out a way to do that, which I'll get to here in a second. And when it comes to the instantaneous acceleration, I told you during that episode that I was told 
measurements that have been gathered by the U.S. government and and military, those within the investigative, you know, uh, departments of the military and the governments who are looking into these things in the Pentagon, measuring these things at going from zero to 2,000 miles per hour in an instant. And that's what Dr. Nolan first said. He even went higher, from zero to 5,000 miles per hour. The, the right angle turns. We talked about that. These are all things that I've been told separately from my military source. And then Dr. Nolan goes and says the same stuff. So honestly, I got, I kind of got goosebumps when I heard it at first because I thought, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the real deal. I mean, I, I, I hate to, to deal in absolutes. I don't, I never want to really do that. But when I hear these different, you know, uh, verifications, I guess I could say, of these different claims that I'm being told personally, and then Dr. Nolan says the same type of stuff about how these crafts are acting, it, it really kind of blew my mind. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, he also wanted to talk about what kind of materials we could be working with uh, when it comes to reverse engineering these crafts and what we could gain from the reverse engineering. He says that He's privy to, and there's a lot to elaborate on this here, but I'll, I'll play first for you what he had to say about the reverse engineering process and what it could mean. So I know some of the physicists on the inside who work at some of these big defense corporations who basically said, oh, well, here's how you tweak even general relativity to accomplish that. But then you say, well, how much energy is needed to do it? Well, more than the whole nuclear output of the planet per day, per movement. So you start to backtrack and you say, okay, well, who could do that? Well, we can't. But if we had a piece of any of this, even a tiny piece of knowledge from that could revolutionize what it is that we're doing. So what I think what he's referring to there, if you want to use real life examples, right? Because, of course, when it comes to reverse engineering, you talk about, well, you know, weapons developments, uh, you know, technology. Look, you, you look at the, the technology that was used on the Apollo 13 mission. The computers that we're using are now... We have more technology in, in our hands. When we take our phone out of our pocket, there's more technology in this thing than they had on the computers they used for the Apollo missions. So obviously we've come a long way in, quite frankly, a short period of time. So does that come from human uh, ingenuity or did we get helped along by reverse engineering? So those are real-life examples. They've also talked about silicon being some type of uh, material that was created through reverse engineering. Um, of course, various weapons, night vision, one of those things, fiber optics as a whole has been said to be reverse. We got that technology from reverse engineering uh, alien spacecraft. So there's a lot there. And of course, just figuring out in general how these things are able to defy our known laws of physics. You know, to be able to go from zero to 3,000 miles per hour in, in a snap of a finger or a blink of an eye. To be able to travel 14 miles up into the air and then back down into the ocean within an instant. How does somebody like, how does that happen? How do you create a, a craft that can defy the laws of known physics here on Earth to be able to do those things, to make that 90 degree right angle turn, you know, on, on, on a dime? So to hear him say all those things in such a public forum really kind of felt, you know, like a validation of the things that I've been told and imparted to you in the past. And you kind of put all the dots together, connect all the dots. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's kind of mind-bending for me <laughs> as, as I started to hear this, this interview. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it here today because it just happened. 
within the past uh, few days. So really, if you're willing to believe these claims, and quite frankly, many other claims that have been that's been made or that you've heard here on UAP from witnesses, then we are to believe that there is and has been real reverse engineering going on since at least the Roswell crash in 1947. I mean, to hear these claims also in such a public forum is really, truly astonishing for me. This isn't Bob Lazar just speaking on an interview, which is good enough as it is, but this was an international convention with tech military and thought leaders amongst others who maybe took claims like these very seriously for the first time in their lives. I mean, when you think of it that way. So I guess there's your latest update on UAP weekly. That's, that's, that's all I got. And I think that's probably enough for this week. It's pretty amazing though, what's happening out there. And I'll continue to do my best again to keep you updated as the weeks go on. Um, and I keep hearing to expect some interesting things happening this summer with new government disclosure hearings on whistleblowers that are going to be happening in uh, Washington, D.C. In fact, that's that's a good segue because it brings me to what I wanted uh, to mention um, here at the end of the episode. I mentioned at the start that I wanted to talk to you about some exciting developments here for the show, for UAP Weekly uh, specifically. And... I can't say too much about it yet, and I'm not being, you know, uh, ambiguous or or secretive. I was probably the better word. I'm not being secretive on purpose here to build any drama or anything like that. I'm just really not sure how much I can say yet, and I don't want to betray any trust or screw up anything before the right conversations take place publicly. But uh, I've been in contact over the past few days with a uh, someone in the legal field who is trying to get together a team of experts and attorneys to take this conversation to a new level or even to a new arena into the legal realm of things. And it's fascinating. Uh, Quite frankly, it could be a game changer when it comes to how the public sees, uh, you know, UAPs and the conversations surrounding it all. If it goes into a court of law where we prove evidence, that could really change things. And that's the conversation that um, I'm having now and that is taking place right now. So there's going to be a lot more on that with uh, my, I guess, my contact in the legal world. Again, I'm probably being too secretive, but I'm just playing it safe. I don't want to say too much before the right time. I'm going to keep you updated on that. Uh, There is a hearing June 12th in D.C., uh, new uh, whistleblower hearing. So I'm going to keep up to date with that as well. There's a lot going on and this is really kind of developing a lot faster, much faster than I thought anything would. So stay tuned. I'll keep you updated on the Twitter handle as well for the show at UA podcast 850 to stay updated on everything that's going on. I'm having a hard time staying updated to be quite honest with you. There's a lot happening all at once, um, but it's exciting. It really is. And I can't wait to tell you more as the weeks go on as well as for the new episode of UAP episode 69 is coming out talking about all the strange things that have happened in Australia a lot of stories down there to go over that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time but until then like I said continue to uh, download subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast whether it's Apple Spotify Amazon whatever wherever you find the show feel free to uh, continue to do that hopefully you continue to enjoy it and again Twitter at UA Podcast 850. 
is where you can find the show. And I always try to um, respond and interact with you there, whatever you have to say. I try to get back to everybody. And I always look for feedback as well. So whatever you have to say or any stories that you have that you want to impart to me, whatever works for you, do it right there on Twitter at UA Podcast 850. But that'll do it for me for now on this edition of UAP Weekly. Stephen Diener right here. I will talk to you again soon on the newest episode of UAP, episode 69. Looking forward to that one coming out here in just a few days. But until then, until next time, be good. I will talk to you soon. And thank you, as always.